welcome to One Size Does Not Fit All with Well Life Tribe. We're sponsored by Renourish. Renourish are delicious grab-and-go fresh soups in a pioneering, heatable, fully recyclable bottle. Renourish soups are plant-based, gluten-free, dairy-free and packed with vitamins. Find them in all Waitrose stores. Hi, and welcome to the Well Life Tribe podcast, One Size Does Not Fit All. I'm here once again with my lovely friend and co-presenter, Kat. Hi, Kat. Hi, Liberty. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, actually. Oh, God, I keep saying the same thing. <laughs> I think I am good every time I do this. I get quite excited about doing this podcast, actually. <laughs> um, and I am good, but actually, I'm also a bit... I was just reading the news about all the mask stuff that we all have to wear them mm-hmm. now in the shops. Mm-hmm. Not today, though, on the 24th of July. And I'm just a bit like, what is that all about? What it, why are we waiting? If it's, it's got to be done, why are we waiting, right? Yeah, I mean, people are still going to the shop tomorrow. So what's the difference between... I mean, I just don't understand the rules, I've got to say. But also, you don't, have to get, you don't have to wear one in the pub or to work, but you have to wear one in the shop. Yeah. Oh. And actually, you know, you've got your distance going on in the shop as well. Probably mm-hmm. more so than you have if you were in a pub. I mean, I just, I, I, it's all very confusing, isn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. and then the, and the yeah. next type like, that I saw then was that all these other people, they were showing off all the different types of masks that you can wear. You know, another sort of industry out of fear. <laughs> I was just like, mm-hmm. what is this all about? I mean, how do you feel about it? I mean, I'm happy to do anything to save lives, obviously. And I do have a mask and um, I don't have a problem wearing the mask, but I just think, is it, is it too little too late? Is it the new normal? Is this us from now on with all the new viruses, which, you know, is this the start of the future? Is this the first of many viruses? I, I don't really know how I feel about it. I do feel like it's a very strange thing to say, we've all got to protect each other and we must now wear masks but not until next Friday, um, <laughs> but not in the pub, but not in a, not at work, but yes on the train and yes on the tube and yes on the bus and yes in a, in a, in a, in a shop, but not anywhere else. It just, it's very strange. I don't have a problem wearing a mask. I understand why we should wear masks, but I find being told what day we start wearing the mask and, and I just find that very strange. I find it very strange. You know, I, I know lots of people who are saying that this is an infringement on my human rights and things like that. And I think, okay, that's not my angle. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just think it's very weird. Yeah. I think it's very weird to say you've got to wear a mask, but from next week. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, it's also the other thing I've been reading about is that, you know, like um, all of these um, new millionaires coming out who are making mm-hmm. money out of hand sanitizers and, you know, um, you know for me it's like making money out of fear isn't it it's like is that correct you know like yeah you know, this just seems there's something that, I don't know it doesn't sit massively well with me I see that people kind of do these things and I understand it but at the same time I'm a bit like so hold on a minute you know we're all making money out of we're encouraging the fact that we should be doing this and really so much mixed information you know like wearing a mask has been said that it's not actually good for your immunity overall because you know you're not sharing all of that stuff you know all of these things and then the next thing you must wear one you know like it's like oh we yeah it's like just i don't know yeah the other thing i was reading well. was that 
people aren't people haven't been going back to the high street like it was hoped they would to boost the economy so the idea that, that people are saying now that the idea behind this is that they're saying listen if you can wear a mask and you can go back and you'll be safe and that they're hoping the government are hoping that if everyone then goes aha if everyone's wearing a mask then i'll go and spend some money and then the government will get the economy boost that we are so desperately needing and that they're thinking this will be the way to do it i don't know i don't know i i don't know it's very 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 strange very i, I strange. went and had my hair cut the other day so i went uh my hair was desperately bad i've just washed it so it looks a bit weird but i, I i've um had my hair cut and i went in and i was wearing a mask and they were wearing their plastic visors and all that kind of stuff and it was strange but equally, oh my God, it was so nice. It was so nice <laughs> to have my hair cut. <gasps> I've got really crazy hair. And when I was a kid, I used to hate having my hair cut because I knew I would come out of it and I'd look like some kind of freak because I'm mixed race. So there weren't that many kids like me around. I guess I'm 44. So it was hard to find someone who had hair like me to cut my hair. Yeah. Um, so I had so many hair, hair nightmares. So it's nice now to be a an age where I found someone who can cut my hair um, but I'd waited so long to get it cut that I'd started cutting chunks out of it myself so it was nice to have a little bit of self-love the other day and oh, treat yeah, myself and get away from the kids but it was <laughs> weird to go into a shop and wear a mask and try and talk to the hairdresser and explain and she's looking at me and I know she can only see my eyes and I can only see part of her and everyone's got these kind of Ebola suits on and she's trying to cut my hair and she's gloved up and it was it was like this is this we're in we're in this dystopian this is it this this, this, uh, this is life it's just too sad I don't like it I yeah. have my hair cut but I have a mobile hairdresser and it was funny I mean I think Marty and I kind of got away with it because we both got long hair but my husband's looking a bit, he was looking a bit like Magnum on the hair front. And then so was <laughs> my son. Nice. And when she'd come and cut her hair, it was like, there you are. I haven't seen you for four months, you know. But uh, it was good. You know, it was fun. I think we all had a haircut. We all felt quite fresh as well. Um, but again, I mean, obviously very grateful for all these things. But again, it's just like that was dated coming back out. And it's just like, come on, how much more control do you want over us? I'm just over that side of it, if I'm honest. Mm -hmm. um, but in terms of, mm -hmm. let's talk about self-care and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, we should be looking mm -hmm. after ourselves more now with everything that's been going on. And, you know, I want to learn from the best. I don't know about you. Um, and hey. I think, you know, um, I've come across somebody pretty amazing lately who is today here as our guest. You, you sure have. That? <laughs> We're so lucky to have the amazing Stella Ralvini on our podcast today. Stella, you are, let me just get this right because there is so much to say about you, but I'll start by saying that you're a natural health and beauty expert. You're an entrepreneur and best-selling author. That's the first line, Stella, but I, I'm going to add to that because I also know that you are a life coach, you're a psychologist, you're a Reiki master, a yoga teacher, and you just all around an amazing woman. Welcome Stella to our podcast. Thank you very much for inviting me on and um, you know I love you both anyway. I think you know what you both do is incredible and I know that you've got many questions you want to ask me but I'd love to come in where you just left off because my question mm -hmm. is this. <clears throat> As a yogi 
we know what to do to take care of our health. So as soon as the virus broke out, it was automatic for us, fresh ginger, a little grated fresh ginger in a teaspoon of honey every day, chew, swallow, you're gonna protect all of this. And then simply salt water, you know, just take a little glass bowl, put some salt, warm water, hold it into both, because where does it get into you, the virus? Through your nasal passages. So what I would like to know is, they're telling us to wear masks, which now they are saying that maybe they're not actually healthy, but what I would like to hear more of is people would have told us very simple fact, instead of, as you said, filling us with fear. Yeah. So I've said my piece on that. Mm -hmm. No, exactly. And I, you know, before we sort of delve more into and keep on that subject, I think it is, it's the fear that I just don't like that we are being fed to sort of be scared constantly. Oh, no, I feel very strongly about that. Very, very strongly. And, um, you know, I know that there's a lot that we can't do anymore because we are in government hands. I mean, I think the last time we spoke, I told you I'm in a big break-off group at the moment. You know, we're fed up with governments and we're going to prove how much can be done around the world, you know, if enough people come together, you know. So I see this, I choose to see this as a time of new beginnings where maybe governments think they're going to have the upper hand over us but we're a lot of people we are billions if we could just find more of a voice you know we have to begin to break away you know in yeah. peaceful ways you know yeah yeah coming back to you though stella yes. you've had an amazing career um i mean liberty's just spent 10 minutes reeling off everything that you did <laughs> And that's not even half of it, is it? I want to take you back to the beginning. Um, yes. From when you were about 17, actually. Yeah. Oh. Um, and I'm, we're okay. going to be really rude and say, so you were 17. How old are you now? I am I will be on my next birthday, 74. So I'm 73, baby. <laughs> and I promote agelessness. You know, I don't feel that anybody has to get old. It really does begin in the mind. You know, as long as you're still dreaming, you know, you're still creating the new, you know, you're not going to get old. And if you embrace it, like, yeah, I'm going to be ageless, you know, then everything else follows. You know, you fall in love with your body. You fall in love with your health. You fall in love with taking care of your skin, you know, but it all begins with yeah. self. But yes, 17 was a remarkable time in my life because I died. Sounds funny, doesn't it, really? I mean, it's not funny at all. But I don't know. I seem to have been given this gift. I'll call this a gift, you know. I seem to have been given this gift. And it's a knowing which has helped me a lot in my life. And this particular time, I'd been to a party with a boyfriend in the country and we were coming back and I had this real bad feeling that something was going to happen to me in the car. And I said, I'm not getting in the car. I'm not going back. He said, well, you've got to go back. We haven't got any other way to get back. And I said, no, I'm going to die. You don't understand. And he said, don't be silly. How many Bacardi's have you had? <laughs> you know? And I said, no, I'm serious. 
Anyway, I got into the car to cut the story short. There was a horrific accident. I was thrown out of the car. I did was sprawled across the highway. And the next thing I remember, not I, but some I, you know, was looking down on the body that people are saying, oh my God, she's dead, there's blood everywhere. You know, apparently my pulse had stopped, my heart stopped beating. And all I remember about that, and this is what has made me, if you'd like, the fearless woman I am, because I am fearless, you know. This is what's made me the fearless woman I am. It sounds really crazy, but I was looking down on my body and I just said to God, God, look, I'm only 16. I'm much too young to die and I've got so much I want to do that I'm getting back in my body. And apparently I was dead for some minutes, but I got back into my body. And that, I still can't explain it, all right? I mean, in a way, you know, you can't explain something like that, but it, that's what put me on a spiritual path. And so I wanted to follow a Buddhist philosophy. Then I wanted to follow theosophy. And then I became a yogi, you know, and qualified in three schools. But before all of that, uh, before my life had turned onto that amazing path of health and beauty, you know, um, I was just one of these very lucky little girls, you know, who started work at 18. I went to Pittman's Business College. We didn't go to university then, you know, and I came from a working class family, you know, so, and I wanted to be an actress, by the way. But my father, Greek Cypriot, said, you know, 85%, they make no money. You go to business school and then you do what you like. <laughs> so, you know, my father was a very strict man. And I went off to business college, to Pittman's, you know, the famous Pittman's back then. And by the time I started working at 17 and a half, it was like a lucky star followed me. And I just got amazing jobs. I mean, by the time I was 21, I was secretary and PA to the chairman, to the chairman, yes, of Thompson's Holiday Holdings. I mean, wow. was I, oh my God. 21, you know, and I remember when I was offered the job, I said, don't you think, I'm only 21, you know. He said, yeah, but you're very bright. <laughs> I said, okay, thanks, I'll take the job. The money was good. But then I decided to go on a gap year. And when on this gap year, I thought 22, I'd work hard. And I went to, ended up on Mykonos and fell madly in love with this very handsome oh. guy. You know, oh, you can imagine a young Greek sang, danced, you know, the whole thing. <laughs> I fell madly in love with him. And so I went back to London to say to my Greek Cypriot father, um, Dad, I'm in love with Thomas and I'm going back to get married. He said, you know, Mykonos, he said, Mykonos is a very small island. You'll be there, you have three children. It's a small island. You belong to a big life. This is you're going to be miserable. So he said, I tell you what we do. You get the job for six months. And then after that, you still want to go to Thomas? I buy you a house. And I thought, that's a bloody good deal. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to an employment agency. And again, that star was shining down. And she said, it's unbelievable. The job's just come in. And they want all of your experience. Import, export, travel. That's what I'd been in. I'd also got involved with a lot of English stuff and, you know, whatever. And so... She said Rolling Stones. Well, I didn't think she meant the Rolling Stones. I thought she meant Rolling Stones magazine. Anyway, I didn't care. Was it an employment agency? Yes. That's what it reads, it was. It's unbelievable, isn't it? But oh my God. I went along 
thinking I was going to go for a job for Rolling Stones magazine until as I was sitting in the waiting room, just waiting, you know, to be seen, Charlie uh, Charlie Watts came by and I thought, well, that's bloody amazing, we're on the Stones here. <laughs> and then a few seconds later, because we had a studio there, there was a studio in that particular office in Maddox Street. And then Bill Wyman came out and I thought, she meant for the Rolling Stones, you know. Anyway, I got the job, you know. And that was 1970, I was 23. Oh my God. I can't tell you some of the stories from back then. <laughs> tell us some of the stories. <laughs> but uh, there are many, many stories. Um, many stories. And of course, I, I wrote a book, as you know, my latest book, Rock and Roll Mayhem, 1970. Even though it's fictionalized, it really covers that time. And although you're reading a fictional story, in it, a lot of the little stories that you read or things that the characters say are things that famous people have said to me or meetings I had. So you go on a kind of a bit of a surreal journey, not knowing is this fact or fiction, you know. Um, but yes, at the beginning, you can imagine, I obviously didn't go back to Mykonos or Thomas, so sorry, Thomas. Poor Thomas got dumped. Poor Thomas got dumped for the Rolling Stones. I mean, just as your dad knew he would. Your dad just knew as that my find dad something. Knew. Yes, it's true. But there are many, many very funny stories and many beautiful stories from spiritual ones like George Harrison. What a lovely guy. You know, I remember vividly back in the, the, the day we all smoked cannabis. You understand that. I was in the music business. Although I was never tempted to ever try any other drug ever, and I never have done. But, you know, that was the day. I remember sitting in an office, it was all cushions on the floor. You know, it was real hippie, real hippie, oh, it was amazing. And there we were talking about our spiritual teachers because his was Maharashi Mahesh and mine is Osho, you know. And to have that conversation with a pop star about his spirit teachers were cool. Um, I have had embarrassing, well, not very, but the first few days we moved into the WA offices. That was the umbrella for Rolling Stones Records, Atlantic. There I was sitting at my new desk feeling, oh God, I can't believe it. all these famous people kept coming by. And then I looked into the hall and there she was, Aretha Franklin. I love <gasps> it. I thought, I don't want to talk to this woman, but what am I going to say to her? Because remember, I've been in the music business very long. I was like an all-struck girl, you know, a girl from Finsbury Park, you know. And so I went down to the hall and I thought, what am I going to say? So I just said, R-E-S-P-E-C-T. <laughs> <laughs> and she was great. She was eating a banana at the time. <laughs> and you know, and she how really, did she respond to that, Stella? Oh, she was great. She said, girl, this was her exact word. She said, girl, you've got it all going on. I was wearing a hot pantsuit, an orange hot pantsuit from Biba. So, uh, and I just said, Biba. So she said, is that an English slang word for something? And I said, no. And I pointed through a brick wall. No, I said, it's a shop in South Kensington. She said, check it out. And she was eating a banana and I took the peel from her, supposedly to throw away. And I was going to throw it away. But the more when I got back to Mama's, I looked at this banana peel. And I thought, I can't. So I put it in an envelope and took it home and I pickled it. <laughs> 
god and you've still got it now no that was too many years ago you know and i moved a lot since then and i've had a lot of businesses since then and i've lived around no. the world since then so you know but that's a little bit from uh, my, my rock and roll years but I was very, very lucky. I mean, I ended up on tour with Ozzy Osbourne and Black Sabbath. How was that? That must have been oh pretty crazy. God. That was amazing because the Rolling Stones had a mobile recording studio. They were one of the first bands to have one, you know, and, uh, and lots of famous bands hired them. I didn't usually end up on the road with them. But when Black Sabbath, Ozzy Osbourne hired it, he was a real wild man back then. I'd been a real wild man. He biting so the, heads off birds and stuff. <laughs> yeah, that, that was Alice Cooper. Ah, I thought he did that too, Ozzy Osbourne. Alice Cooper is really a lovely guy, not at all the crazy guy you'd think, completely the opposite. But anyway, that's the music biz. So a lot of these people creep into the book in other character form, if you see what I mean. Yeah. But the main character in it from the fictional band Street Crash, the lead guitarist of a heavy metal band called Monster, is really Ozzy Osbourne, but I didn't base it on Ozzy. It's not based on Ozzy. But when I'd read the book, when I'd written it, you know, as I was reading it, I thought, my God, it's so like Ozzy, you know. And I know that Ozzy wouldn't mind. So, you know, it's not Ozzy anyway, if you know what I mean. Pretend. But the main character, <laughs> the main character is Laura, and that's based on you, shall we say? Laura. Well, no, I mean, Laura is a very interesting character in a way. I mean, she's your kind of, you know, your gutsy, ballsy girl. You know, when she wants something, she's going to get it. She knows nothing about the music business, but she lands a job as their manager, you know, and basically then bluffs her way through uh, all kinds of scenarios. Because it was kind of crazy back then in the music business. So a lot of the things she goes through and the places that she went to, they existed, they existed. That's where we all went, to the speakeasy, you know, to whatever. Yeah. So Laura is actually, when we start the book, her one thing is she's a sex addict and I was never, I've been a lot of things. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was never, <laughs> but never a sex addict. And, you know, but in a way that is, even though it's a comedy, it's a humorous book and it's got a lot of humor in it. But beyond it and deep down, there's always a reason why somebody's like that. And hers is a kind of a, re a revenge thing. And until she finds herself, you know, that she takes revenge out on men because of the way she was treated when she was younger, you know. Um, but yeah, there's a lot um, about Laura that probably is me, you know, but... Uh, I mean, a lot of it is true, you know, a lot of it is true, you know. So how long did you um, carry on in that work? It must have been pretty hard well, work. How long did you last in the music industry? Well, I lasted, I was going to leave because after I'd been there three years working for the Stones and I travelled the world with them, for them, you know, I'd met everybody nearly. I mean, it was just... You know, it was just an amazing experience for a girl from Finsbury Park to, you mm. know, to, to land something like that. But after three years, I was ready. By that time, I was already a psychologist. I'd already finished one school of yoga. You know, I'd already began to form the life that 
I knew I would have from when I died, <laughs> if you know what I mean. And uh, oh, I'm going to come onto this, back onto this, but that's reminded me now again. Rock and Roll Mayhem 1970, in a way, is a loving tribute to Jimi Hendrix. And you remember I said before about this thing that I have, that this deep knowing I sometimes have. I've had it a lot, and it's generally been right, by the way, about people. You know, it's this kind of psychic gift. I don't know what it is, you know, but I don't, I'm not a psychic. I do not call myself a psychic, yeah. and that's not what I do. But um, I was, I love Jimi Hendrix. He was my idol. I mean, there is something about the way he played that really was from the soul. It comes from another planet, believe me. And so, because I work for the Rolling Stones, uh, I could get tickets into any gigs, babe. Those were one of the perks. We had lots of perks, you know. And so he was playing in Ronnie Scott's on the 16th of September, 1970. And I managed to get in. And it was the most strange thing that for one moment, our eyes locked. And as our eyes locked, tears started coming down my cheeks because I thought he's going to die. And he died <gasps> too. Oh my goodness. You know, I really, oh. I know, you know, I do some, and he comes to me in dreams, by the way, Jim. But anyway, that's going on to psychic. Jimi Hendrix comes in to me in dreams. I mean, oh, anyway, you don't want to get onto that now. It's, it's going to take us somewhere completely different. <laughs> because people come to me in dreams you see and give me bits of information about future stuff and so on which is very useful for me you know so when you left That's the music industry then oh, yes so that was it so i'm coming on now i'm back on track yeah. i'm sorry you know you have to keep pulling me back <laughs> That's all right. i was going to leave after three years and then i was headhunted so I said I'm an entrepreneur. So I was headhunted by Warner Music International to help to run a new office they were opening in Berkeley Square. It was bringing English talent into the American, you know, into America. And I said, Larry Yaskell was his name. And I said, Larry, really, I've got other things I want to do. He said, I'll double your salary. He said, you can choose your own furniture. You can have this. I said, all right, I'll take it. <laughs> I'm, very, <laughs> I'm very easily convinced when the terms are right. <laughs> I've been for two more years, and now I'm, we're back with where you are. Now my life begins to change, and I become the person I am today, actually, the woman I am today, you know. Yeah, I mean, your journey, and so when you became a psychologist, though, do you want to tell us a bit about that? Because that was the first step in that direction, really, wasn't it? Yeah, well, I knew that because I was going to be a personal coach, a life coach, and I call it personal coach. Have you noticed, by the way, how all the names are changing? You know, you can't just be a something advisor. You're now a wealth strategist or yeah. a, well, you know, whatever. But, um, <laughs> you know, um, but I, knew, I knew that if I wanted to be a coach, then I should understand, you know, the basics of psychology. And I did that. Uh, you know, this is very interesting because I did not start practicing in the way you might imagine. I'm the kind of person, because I'm an entrepreneur, in the meantime, I had another business in fashion that was very successful in Hampstead, you know. So all the time I'm building businesses, but all the time I'm building the Stella I know that I was born to be, really, you know. And so in the meantime, I'm in India, I'm in China, I'm in Japan. And I'm studying all the philosophies there as well. 
and I'm building up. And now, and that's I'm where in... you learned your Reiki, wasn't it, in Tokyo? It is. It is. Yes. And um, don't forget, it wasn't commercial then, and I did not take it for commercial reason. For me, it was part of my journey of self knowledge. You know, I thought this would be wonderful to understand this language of symbols and healing. You know, system. And uh, really, it was for me at the beginning, if you know what I mean. Um, but then time now moves on and I'm in my late 30s and I'm now in the meantime falling in love with a guy, <laughs> another, another Greek in London who happened to be a ship owner. So we were out together for two years and he said, look, you know, we can't go on like this. This is very nice, but we should be together, you know. And he said, I think my business is a bit bigger than yours. <laughs> I mean, he's <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> he said maybe you think you come to Greece you know to live and I had a daughter I brought up my daughter I'm a single mom yeah. I brought her up on my own because the one man I fell in love with in the music business didn't want children so I chose my daughter over the glamour and I'm very glad I did she's a wonderful girl woman and so I moved to Greece and that was when I opened my first center and it was, now I'm already a yogi, uh, three schools, I'm everything, you know, I've done everything, you know, sort of thing. And so I opened it up and it became the most successful <laughs> school because it was meditation, it was seminars, it was beauty, it was health, it was uh, keep fit yoga, it was everything, you know. And so I've gone on from there and gone on building, if you know what I mean, in different ways. You know, my interest in the last years is much more because i am successful thank you father you know mm -hmm. um, and they're very happy and i don't feel 73 and you certainly I, do not look it at all i have the stamina and the passion to do a lot more but i love you know the last however many years you haven't seen before and after pictures of my clients but they look bloody amazing even if i say so myself and I love it. I know Liberty, Cat. well, you do the same thing, really. I love to empower women. Yeah. I love the other women getting out there and making a success of what they do. You know, and often it's just a case of me retraining their mind. I won an award last mm -hmm. year for my mind training program it's called Conscious Collaboration. And this is what I use to encourage people, yes, another thing, <laughs> the list goes on, eh? <laughs> but another way, you know, of encouraging you, because I'm going to encourage you to take really good health of your health, naturally, and your looks and everything like that. I have to work with your mind first, you know, I mm -hmm. have to, because you've got to remember that the mind, I'm sure these are not the questions you want to ask me at all. You see how we get started and where it goes. Don't when worry, we... it's all interesting, <laughs> it's all good. Well, we, you'll probably have enough for five shows, you know, you'll be saying, okay, part <laughs> two, Tell live after the stones, part five. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I do believe this, that you know, it's a conscious collaboration that, and the conscious collaboration of the mind begins with saying, I'm going to make myself a priority. Yeah. I am going to take care of myself. 
I am going to take care of my health. I am going to, you know, take care of my looks without having to spend a fortune because most of what I do is mother nature, you know, and it can be done. And I like to think that I am a good example of what can be achieved, you know, with the right training, with the right knowledge. One of the things I really liked was I was looking at one of your other books, Sensual Sorcery. Yes. And you said um, a couple of the, couple of the quotes in there, but um, if you want to be happy, be exactly who you are. Be the woman you needed as a girl, which I really, really love. And then another was don't take age too seriously. Don't die before you're dead. And all of them, there were, there were lots, but those really sung to me. The thing about be the woman you needed as a girl, I just thought, there's something about coming to the age that I'm at now where suddenly I'm looking at girls younger and I'm thinking, I wish I could tell you the things I'm learning now. I wish I'd known the things I know now when I was much younger. Whether I would have listened, I don't know, but I feel so much more empowered and confident. And, and I think I could have been, I don't look back with regret, but I look yeah. back and think how, I don't know. I don't, I don't know quite what that is, but the one about don't take age too seriously, don't die before you're dead, is probably becoming more relevant now with my, you know, now that I am more mature, is the thing you're talking about with those kind of self-limiting beliefs where, especially as a woman and a mother, you are the last in line. You are the least important in your house or you're the bottom of the list. And I yes. think what I'm really enjoying about you is that you're saying, that doesn't have to be that way. That's you putting yourself in that position. It doesn't. And especially the age you are now, by the way, you look fantastic. You know, oh, you're you gorgeous, very, you know. Very. <laughs> um, it's very, very important. I mean, the younger, the better. I mean, most of my clients, yeah. they are women of 40 to 60. I've already said that. But I do take teenagers because their minds are very fertile. And it shows what can be done through the mind. One of them has now just qualified for the next Olympics. The other one is a Taekwondo European champion. That is what can be done. So what I say to women is this, you know, and why won't they ever have teachers like me in schools? Because mm. I'm dangerous. I am dangerous. <laughs> we like it. Yeah, because I'm going to open your mind and then you are not going yeah. to be part of the herd. You know, and as I say to women, don't cover yourself up. Be all of who you are. You know, for some, you are going to be too loud, too soft, too irritating, too something. Don't spend time with those people, for God's sake. You know, and all as little time as possible. They're not your people. And okay, sometimes it happens in the family, doesn't it? So, but if it's in the family, then this must be corrected the earlier the better because I know women who I have a new client at the moment, she's 59 and she's still dealing with a mother trauma, something she never got over from her mother and that's a lot of time to waste. And I have to say in her case, she's a rather large lady. I have nothing against rather large ladies. I'm explaining to you though, however, that there is a psychosomatic root for all of, in her case, you know, but, and even if it's in your family or people close to you, you've got to have the courage to stand up and say, love me or not, this is who I am. You yeah. know, you've got to start being 
all of who you are. And I mean, the years of 40 to 60 from experience and from that's what I work with mostly, the women I work with, they're really not easy years. And you do need to take very great care that, you know, because when you come out at 60, you're either, listen to this, whoever is watching or listening, if you don't sort it out before you're 60, you're screwed. So those mm. are my few words on that. Why? <laughs> because as you're coming into, you know, your 40s, it's when your wrinkle concerns start to rattle. It's when your mm. body starts to change. Those are also the years, I'm sure that this must be somewhere statistically that will prove what I'm going to say, that they're also, they also come at the hugest blows in your life. You know, that's when you could find yourself in a rather nasty divorce. You know, that's when you could lose money on a business. You know, that's when you could suffer a very serious health issue, you know. So what I love is the idea of preparing women, you know, so that they go into this ready. Because don't forget, if you're in that age group and you're married to a man of similar age, You've also got him to put up with because he's going to have his middle age crisis, you know. So you're going to have that, you know, as well. Which is, and this is why we have to love ourselves. We have to love ourselves before anybody and before anything else, you know. And then you can ride the storms. Welcome to One Size Does Not Fit All with Well Life Tribe. We're sponsored by Renourish. Renourish are delicious grab-and-go fresh soups in a pioneering, heatable, fully recyclable bottle. Renourish soups are plant-based, gluten-free, dairy-free, and packed with vitamins. Find them in all Waitrose stores. But that's going to begin with health again. So those menopausal years, which I think you want to... Me, yeah, I think yeah. that we're going. Yeah. Um, there are a few things. I mean, I never, I don't even know what hot, hot flush is or was. I mean, I didn't have any symptoms. You don't have to have symptoms, you know. I don't know what is the matter with you, not with you, with some, <laughs> not with you. you know. I'm about to start crying, Stella. There's <laughs> somebody out there with you. You know who I'm talking about. She knows. Okay. So, you know that. We have to kind of solve these things and understand a few basics. So, first of all, I am not against or for anything, by the way. That is the position I take in life because it means that and I can listen to whatever you want to say. I'll never judge you. You know, I can debate it with you, you know, or whatever it is. But um, so I'm not going to say that women shouldn't eat this. They shouldn't eat that. They can eat what they want. <laughs> it's up to me to tell you what to eat. But I would suggest that you eat less meat for those who eat meat, because you see, it's maybe it's a bit, it's all right when you're younger, maybe, but as you come into this next series of years, 40 to 60, you know, then your body is changing a lot and it can't work as fast as it used to or anything like that. And meat takes up to 24 hours to digest, for the digestive system to break it down. So this could be one of the main causes, you know, if you're not eating correctly. So as you hit 40, if you haven't beforehand, 
then you must move, or ideally, one should move to far more fruits and vegetables because they are phytoestrogens. They, they mimic estrogens, the estrogens you take. So then juicing becomes important, particularly carrot juice and beetroot juice. I won't go through the whole recipes for those, but they're very important because they govern the blood and you need and to keep the blood clean, that's beetroot. Then carrot, you've got heart health and everything. So it's gonna be great for stress, but it also is gonna be wonderful for your skin. You know, so that woman of that age, you know, would obviously, I would think, take B, uh, B complex because it balances the moods. B12 yeah. is for fatigue more. Black Cahouche, which is native to North America, is my favorite herb to recommend for those kind of symptoms. And then, of course... I haven't heard of that herb. What, what is it? It's a herb that, um, well, I can't remember which flower it comes from. I think it's called snake something flowering thingy. But it's a native of North America. It goes down to Missouri, I think. Yeah, I'm just trying to see it. My, look how I'm tracing a herb now, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a really, a, yeah, where does it come from? It come from up there. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Um, so that is a very, very good herb. But... I'm still going to say, and then, you know, like simple things, for example, because those are the years you are going to doubt yourself. You know, that's when you um, are not sure if you're on the right career path, you know, or it doesn't seem like your career is going anywhere. You know? But again, I say, you know, don't worry about that. Some of the most interesting women I know still don't know what they want to do at 60. I still don't know what I want to do at 73. You know, in other words, I'm still inventing myself you know and that is life is a process of invention and recreation and this is why a woman must find herself if not before in those years of 40 to 60 you know and that's when maybe she will take up more dancing maybe she'll be sensible and do meditation maybe she'll start to learn well, you were yeah. saying about breathing, weren't you, in terms of the yeah. menopause years. So what do you mean by that, the techniques? Okay. Well, let's do one technique together. This one is, uh, you know, because as well, you know, when you're kind of stressed and things like that, even if you don't know you're stressed, everything kind of gathers in the hara. It's called the hara, the stomach. Everything gathers in the hara. And it's kind of building up there. You know, you don't want that. Also, you don't want to be suffering, like I've never had a headache or anything for years because enough oxygen gets to my brain because I breathe every day. So this particular breathing technique, and by the way, um, they are now uh, looking at these kind of breathing techniques as prevention for diseases like Alzheimer's because there is also, now we're thinking, well, you know, maybe just they were maybe they were people who didn't express their feelings or it's just being tested at the moment so i don't know but what i'm saying about this technique which is partly responsible for my skin the breathing techniques help because you're pumping up a lot of breath so what i want you to imagine i'm going to describe it to you i want you to just pump your stomach in and out as though you've been punched they pump your tummy in and out yeah Okay, that's really, I love those pumping tummies. Okay, now I want you to imagine, that's lovely, I want you to imagine that you've got two flies, little tiny flies, and they're trapped up here, 
So you want to breathe them out. Just sniff them out. Oh, that's perfect. That's a perfect sound. So automatically, you see, the mouth is almost closed, but light. You're pumping the stomach and you're concentrating on the exhale. Now, we'll do 10 together. Normally, you do like 100, 1,000, you know. But if somebody did 100 every day, you know, they're going to have skin. I don't know if they're going to have skin like this unless they're going to put as many bananas as I put on mine. And <laughs> eggs. But anyway, but it's going to help. So let's just do 10 together. I mean, it's good to do it with your eyes closed. And just think, and remember I said it's called fire breath, a dragon breath, it's not called a mouse breath. So it means it's dynamic, it's powerful. So to anybody as well who's watching this, I really hope you join Cat Liberty and myself in this dragon breath uh, little uh, practice. So let us just do 10 breaths, go. Okay, now, when you do them, really make them as powerful as you can. And you can literally feel this, but also what it's going to do, it's gonna help you if you've got period symptoms, menopausal symptoms, you've got menopausal symptoms, please carry a small fan with you, makes sense, you know. Um, breathing is very important. And I won't go through more breathing techniques today, but I really would love to suggest to your viewers, you know, that they do Google breathing exercises. Yeah. You know, they're probably breathing exercises that say menopause breathing exercises. I don't know, I've never Googled it, but you know, I really feel that this would help them and to get into the practice of a little meditation every day. Yeah. I think um, this is something that I've only just become aware of since I've begun working with Cat and um, yes. with Well Life Tribe. And I've been amazed at the difference it's made to my life simply because it is so simple. Also because it's made me aware of how badly I was breathing. I was suffering with anxiety anyway at that point, but I was in that, um, that, that fight or flight mode all the time and I was a real shallow breather um, and everything. <gasps> uh, and, and it was only when we met with um, an, one of our panel members, um, Mandy, who was taking us through just, just breathing that I was becoming aware of how I was existing. And she was saying exactly. something like 80% of, of well, the population do not it, breathe properly. It's so true. And that brings me to something that's really fascinating. You see, there's so many things that you could say that lead me to something else. But it's also very important that we do breathe and that we are, even if we're faking it to make it, you know, that we do talk, look, talk lovingly, kindly to ourselves, that we're upbeat and everything. Mm -hmm. Because remember that all we are, we're electromagnetic fields of energy. Mm -hmm. That's what we are. That's a reality. This is not real, you know, <laughs> and all the time uh, vibrating, we're vibrating energy. So as you breathe, as you vibrate, you are going to attach yourself to an equal energy grid. In other words, you know, if you're shallow breathing and your shallow thoughts and you're miserable and a bit pissed off most of the time, you know, that's the grid you are radiating at. 
That's the grid yeah. you're vibrating at. That means you are going to bring more exactly the same kind of people into your lives. So right. it's very good to meditate, do your breathing technique, talk kindly to yourself, take care of your health. You know, this body, you know, it does everything for us. You know, you've got the hearts pumping away. You know, it's amazing. It's bloody amazing, the body. And when you think of, you know, how do you treat it? How do we treat it? Do we treat it like a, you know, a dustbin or a temple? Mm -hmm. If you treat it like a dustbin, you're going to look like a dustbin one day. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I think... love actually Stella there. Is that, you know, I'm listening to you and it's, you know, like you are in your 70s and look yeah. at what's worked for you. And I'm just yeah. like in awe because I don't think actually that I've met many people your age who are like you you're very unique um yeah. and i also just think you know there's something in this because look at stella do you know what i mean that's how i feel yeah. when i'm chatting to you i don't know about you liberty but i'm just like what and i just yeah. think it's, it's yeah, well, i mean i just really would love to pass the message on out there that you know really there is no age anymore and i think it's important as well that women understand that we're not all the same. We don't all want to get married. We don't all want to be with a partner for 50 years. I'm not knocking those who do. I think it's marvelous. I'm gonna take my hat off to them actually, but I'm a rolling stone. You know, I'm a person, a free woman who embraces love when it comes along. I'm a tantric as well. I don't want to hold on to anything. Can you tell I me just, what is tantric exactly? Can you explain it a bit more to us? Yes, I can. Um, I've also written a book on that. It's called Three Faces of Sex. <laughs> I've written a book on everything. You know, what you mention it, carrots, I've written it. <laughs> <laughs> tantra is rather beautiful. I was on Channel 4, by the way, a few years ago. And... Um, they asked me to teach a Tantra workshop for over 60s. And it was amazing. It was, I mean, and the people that came up to me afterwards and said, my God, Stella, you know, honestly, the way we feel you brought us closer. But for Channel 4 at the time, it was for a program. I should never have gone it. I think it was, and I did say to them, you know, well, what is it going to be? I think it was called pensioners, old, old people, pensioners behaving badly. So obviously I wasn't an outrageous, I'm not an outrageous person. I love what I do. And so it was never screened, you know, because it was too pure, if you see what I mean. But uh, Tantra is actually much more, uh, and even I, I might call myself a Tantric, but unfortunately my legs aren't what they used to be. So I cannot move myself into all these amazing positions. I may have been able to do at some point in my life, you know, but it's much more than that. You know, Tantra starts from the principle of honesty. Right. We don't like lies. We don't see the point. But by the same token, you know, we don't really know jealousy or insecurity. So, you know, let's say you you find your partner, partner that you really get on with, and you ask a question. You can't really ask somebody a question when you think about it. Are you going to be faithful to me for the rest of your life? It's a very stupid question, isn't it? Really, you know. And so with Tantra, there's much more of an understanding. I mean, it's not that our men go off and they're here, there and everywhere, because it's a, such a respect that we wouldn't even know, if you know what I mean. 
Yeah. But it's like we're not trying to analyze why are you two hours late? Where were you? You know, it's mm -hmm. based on much more of an honest communication. And it's much, much more than sex or penetrative sex. It's much more about being tactile, about tenderness, about loving. You know, our homes, you can't see my home at the moment, but it's all cushions and it's a yogi home. It's all cushions and candles and you know, it's the way we live our lives. We really can express ourselves, you know. And, you know, what I feel is maybe sad, I don't know what you feel, but for older couples, I mean, I get that, okay, after you've been with the same guy or woman for 40 years, you've gone off sex. I get it. Of course, I would have done too. That's why I've never done it. <laughs> but, but by the same token, you know, there's a lot you can do. You know, you don't need penetrative sex. There's a lot of ways you can still be playful together. And that is what older couples lose. The art of playfulness, you know, and that is Sandra. Yeah, I mean, I think that is really fascinating, actually, because like you say, I think there's a point when, as well, but when people have had children and all that kind of stuff, they lose a bit of interest in each other and stuff. And I do think you have to put that effort in. And it is about touch more than anything, isn't it? It really is, you know, and of course, I mean, this is actually a fact now that I'm going to tell you. And of course, it's wonderful because it's amazing. If you explain these things to men, they get them, honestly. I mean, I'm a big fan of men so far. I don't know if I might change. I mean, I've still got a long life ahead of me, you know. Uh, but, um, you know, like, for example, a woman is different. And, and it's good that men understand it. Men are optical creatures. You know, give them some porn to watch give them a beautiful woman going by with her boobs out and everything and whoops, they're off, you know, they're wonderful, they're, that's it. You know, but a woman is like a, a, a kettle and we need time to brew. So in other words, you know, we've made love and that was lovely, but now we need three days. These are statistically, by the way. Yeah, I don't mean when you're young and you're 18 or when you're, you know, because you're going at it all the time, aren't you? You know, but, you know, I'm talking about... <laughs> in a relationship yeah you know that and what is important that men don't get is that those three days the kettle has now gone on but it's cold so over those three days the man should be kind of teasing you with the mind and doing little kind of little things you know warming you up you know we are not creatures that you can just decide you want to make love to and jump on us you know and that's where the great difference is between men and women. I love that. I'm going to say that. Don't, okay. didn't put the kettle on. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, the three-day thing. And it's true. You do have to. It is true with women, especially, I think, in your 40s. You do have to, you know, just kind of make it nice for us first. <laughs> it's true. You know, I mean, I've always said, you know, that, uh, I mean, you know, men like certain things and there's nothing wrong with what they like you know and but this is it this is tantra though we understand each other you know it's very much it's very different to your mars and venus <laughs> our mars and venus is much more joined if yeah. that makes sense you know you know we talk about sex very openly you know in fact have you have a late night show <laughs> call me on <laughs> <laughs> 
For me, because I've only ever heard about Jantra in movies and then to do with Sting, actually, if I'm going to be yeah. honest. Yeah. A friend Same. of mine, a friend of mine, Sting, a wonderful guy, and he is tantric, yeah. Yeah, and that was it when him and when he came out about it with his wife. Yes. And everybody, and yeah. I, I remember that was yeah, quite a long I, time ago, wasn't it? That was, but you see, there are different kinds of tantrics. I'm not a swinger tantric, I've never been. You know what I mean? We're not, I'm not a swinger. Some tantrics are swingers. You know, I'm not. Yeah. I'm still a boring, in a way, heterosexual. But, uh, <laughs> but in a way... Not you that know, boring. <laughs> yeah, no, not really boring. But you know what I mean by that. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, sex is another thing I'm very happy to talk to. And Liberty, I just want to say one thing to you. Because my daughter is the person you should talk to about cats. Because I'm a human... But, you know, I care about humans. My daughter is a cat rescuer. She's got a sanctuary in her garden with nine cats and a cat who lives at home and, you know, whatever. So I'm just saying that, you know, maybe one day in the future, if you want to talk about cats, she's the person, you know. Oh. <laughs> yeah. She must be... Um... She must she must be pretty proud to have you as her mum. Have you been able to share all this kind of stuff with her as a as a as yes. a mother? Or yeah, I mean she thinks she hasn't rebelled against you. No, no, she thinks she she says I'm you know uh, cuckoo but cool. <laughs> so I'm saying cuckoo but cool. <laughs> but here's the latest story of my relationship with my daughter. Uh Last summer, I was in Hartford, you know, in the house that, that when I normally in London, that's where in, in England, that's where I am. And her partner was having a barbecue for 24 people the following day. And that night, coming down the wooden stairs, I slipped and broke my little toe. So I was looking at it because I have to, I know this sounds crazy as well. I have this thing with pain. I don't really seem to feel it. I don't know why. But and probably because I died. I mean, look at what happened to me after I died, you know. But but all I knew was I looked at my little toe. Instead of being like that, it's like that. I thought, my God, I must have broken my bloody toe. And anyway, I thought, well, it doesn't really hurt. I don't know. Anyway, I went to the toilet and went to bed. I thought, maybe I'm imagining it. Maybe I'm dreaming it. And when I woke up, it's still there. So I asked her partner, Louie. I said, Louie, do you think I'm... He said, I'm taking you to the hospital straight away. So I go to the hospital. I'm there for the day while they're re-breaking it and setting it. In the meantime, there's a barbecue going on at the house. And in the meantime, I'm having the little operation and they're giving me gas and air. I'm getting really high. I was so high. <laughs> and so I got back to the house. And barbecue in full swing. And so, you know, people thought I'd probably go upstairs and rest, but I didn't. I went straight into the barbecue got a margarita, and, you know, a few of Nina's concerned friends said, shouldn't your mum be relaxing? She said, she's been relaxing here, she'll be dancing in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, she totally accepts me, you know. Uh, she totally accepts uh, me. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure what she's very proud of you. One of the things we talked about, actually, Stella, was how you use fruits and vegetables and everything for your face as a beauty yes. person. And yes. actually, after I got off the phone with you, <laughs> I think I went and mashed up a banana and put it all over my face. <laughs> well, I'm telling you, I'm looking at your skin and thinking she's done something. She's had and a banana And I did mask. some of my ice yeah. cubing, because you said put ice cubes. 
I know I know oh that is amazing but I know you think I'm joking but I swear there's a difference in your skin you know you so, yeah he looks amazing so keep mm. it up you know like keep it up it, everything basically just think of you know phytoestrogens in fruit and vegetables how good they are in a because it's going to have vitamins minerals nutrients it's going to have potassium magnesium it's going to have you know it depends what the fruit is and i want i would love women to begin to see themselves as inside out and outside in if that makes any sense yeah so i'm eating a banana i save a little bit of banana goes on my face i'm eating carrots you know then i'm gonna make ca carrot makes an amazing mask i'm telling you you know or whatever it is you're thinking i'm gonna save a bit of this stella says as the inner as the outer as the outer as the inner and as i said yes and i've said it to you before cat we've talked about it i twice a year I, I go and i have my injectables as a woman of 73 is allowed to do that you know mm -hmm. my skin mm -hmm. would not be like this it would not be this condition it would be impossible if i didn't take good care of it in between what injectables do you have well, we have really great therapists here in Athens and women come out to me to go to the therapist that I use because I've really studied it, Kat. And as I said, you know, people, you or everybody at the moment thinks, oh, I'm going to go and have my Botox, you know. You're making mm -hmm. a mistake. You're going to make a mistake because if you keep doing the same Botox, all you will achieve in the end is to stretch those particular muscles and then the, when they go back, they're going to get wrinkled, more wrinkled every time. Now, if you mix right. it with hyaluronic acid, you know, then you're softening the look. So that kind of works, but they're not usually used in the same places on the face. So really what a woman is aiming for is inject, and of course it depends on your age. I do not recommend Botox for anybody under 40. You know, I mean, I don't, I won't take them as clients because I'm against it. You know, I think that 40 is soon enough to begin. You know, and it's, the 21 is much too young. 25 is much too young. You know, they're going to look a mess by the time they're 60. And, you know, why? You know, so depending on what it is, you've got to know what should I do from 40 to 50? Then what should I can do from 50 to 60? How often? And then you're going to begin to include other treatments. You know, maybe you'll have the uh, PPL, whatever it's called. It's called something different in uh, in England. But the thing that they mix your blood, you know, with salt. Um, yeah. I've forgotten what it's called. The vampire. It used to be called the vampire facial. Um, mm -hmm. And then they inject back your blood with cells. But you see, again, after a certain age, that's not going to work because there is no live collagen in your cells so if you don't know you're just wasting your money you know so as you get older you're thinking more of the different kind of peptides that could be added to an injectable or the vitamins and there's a lot of things and in greece by the way i don't have botox by the way there's no botox on my face you know these are yeah they are injectables but they're soft injectables and here it hasn't arrived yet in the uk cat and liberty but oh. um, we have something here called Argaros, and Argaros works with the human. You see, you're behind. It's unbelievable. And in America, you're behind. You know, we are in Italy, in Greece, and France, 
but particularly, funnily enough, Italy and Greece, we're really the forerunners in the world at the moment. And Argaros is something that works with the human tissue to kind of rebuild human tissue under the skin. And when you have that done, for a week afterwards, there's like these little lumps, you know, because I have, that's what I have, I have Argaros. It's like these little lumps, you know, that come up, but then they blend into the human tissue and they help, if you like, to plump out this bit, you know, or whatever, it, wherever you're trying to plump out. You yeah. know, mm. it's great to use like somewhere like this, you know, for example. But mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I know this sounds nuts, but uh, I, I read the UK beauty magazines and they're all behind. They don't really, but mind you, it's my speciality. I do, I, I've been working with it for a very long time. And I'm really fascinated by it, you know. <laughs> Something I like about your philosophies and your advice on um, beauty and your remedies and ways to fix things is that you, you don't say don't do this and don't do that. So you have recipes, you know, things you can do for your hangover, uh, chocolate you can eat. And, you know, you're a big fan of chocolate M&Ms and you love front tempura. I and, do. You know, you're not I one of these people who's like, that. don't do this I and don't that do that. last night, front tempura. Did you? <laughs> I went to a Japanese restaurant that was amazing. It's my favorite food. Like, what can I tell you? Anyway, yes. <laughs> no, I, I, you know what I feel? I feel that we can all make it. In other words, you know, I, I'm in pretty good shape. Uh, I'm not overweight or anything like that. But I think we can all make it. First of all, you've got to find out who you are. Mm -hmm. So when you know who you are, it's like, and if you said to me, look, I'm going to do everything, but I'm not giving up French fries. I'm not going to say to you, give up French fries. I'm going to say, eat French fries. But I will work around it for you, you know, so that... You love what I'm going to suggest, you know, and then you want to do it, and then the change happens. You know, but first of all, you've got to know yourself. You cannot say to somebody, you know, you must never eat a burger again. Yeah. You know, don't let people think you're taking something away from them. Yeah. But yeah. My way of being and my way of weight is I probably do have a naughty day a week. You know, why not? I am a human being. You know, yeah. but I know how to correct and I know how to up and I yeah. know how to, and then I have a few days when my face gets such a lot of treatments and my body gets its detoxes with salt and it gets everything, you know, and, and this is it. So you must find your own rhythm to find your own rhythm though. We've got to go deeper than that. You're not yeah. going to find anything if you're not happy. Yeah. First of all, you've got to find out what makes you happy and live that and be that. And that's, you know, you're going to find the rest then. Well, Stella. Oh, it's been a real joy talking to you, Stella. Um, it's a yeah. joy talking to both of you. Go on and ask you more questions. Um, you've got so many books out as well, haven't you, for people to be able to find your advice? Um, yes. Do you want to tell us where people can get hold of you? Yes, uh, well, I have a website, uh, stellaralfini.co.uk. Uh, they can write to me from there. Um, I'm quite active on my personal Facebook page. You know, I will answer if you write to me or something like that. 
uh, I'm also on the other things that everybody's on, like LinkedIn and so on. But uh, but basically, I guess my website, Facebook, LinkedIn, you know, things like that. Um, but usually, you know, when you think of my name, you'll find me. You know. <laughs> Wonder where she is. Let me see where she. You know. But, and when um, people book sessions in with you, Stella, is that on the phone or on Zoom? And how are you it's, doing it's it now? Become, it's become online now because more online. Because don't forget, I can't be in England to be with my British clients. Yeah. You know. Mm -hmm. So with uh, COVID, a lot's changed, and I still do one-on-ones if I'm in the country of the person, like here. You know, and most of my work is all word of mouth. I've never ever advertised, can you believe it? Or so far, you know, if you know what I mean. I don't know how, what might change, but now it's done online. So for example, the first stage for a woman, she would do what's called the, the three hour transformation consultation. And that is the thing that can change a woman's life because it, they go through quite a long questionnaire when I can tune into where the, where the woman is blocked, what her mental blockages are, what the challenges she has. And through it, I come up with a master plan, you know, that it suits her, that beautiful woman as an individual. Then if they want to take it further, then they can do a 30 day transformation. If they want, if they're over 50, they want to take it further when they can take it further, you know, they can come here where treatments are much more reasonable and we do have the top top therapists you know oh which reminds me i'm now i can't show you i would show you but i've got this on i mean people laugh when i say it because they say well you haven't really got anything but the bit of me that i haven't managed to find the solution for see i'm very honest <laughs> is this bit here so now the last two years i've been really researching pdo threads not the PDO thread treatments you have in the UK. Do not have them. They don't work. You're wasting your money. <laughs> don't do it. You know, because there's a lot more to PDO threads than PDO threads. You have to know, do you need the ones from Italy? Because they do this particular thing and they work on that particular part. Should they come from France? Should they come from... Because each country has specialist threads, you know. So now I've found this wonderful... Uh, Doctor, well, they must be, by the way, qualified to plastic surgeon standard. Don't ever let anyone do PDO threads on, on you unless they are. And don't do them unless you've talked to me because you're going to waste your money. Okay. So, but, so now I've been working with this guy for the last two years and we've come up with, you know, a structure, if you like, uh, for under the arms. So I think I'm going to have that done and there'll be before and after pictures. Abby, Abby Knight, who's a friend of mine who I love and I know you know her. Yeah. Do you know Abby? Abby She's Knight? She's made contact with me, yeah. Okay. She's super. She does the Soul and, Festi uh, Soul and Destiny Festival in Essex and she's very involved with all the spiritual magazines. Anyway, um, she's just doing something on that for me at the moment and I'm hoping that one of the main uh, British mags will pick up on it. Because you know what I would really love? I would love Cat and Liberty. I would love there to be more role models like me. Mind you, I know I'm in that case, but 
I'd love there to be more role models like me in their 70s. You know, people who can show you how to look really great with a few thousand pounds, not with a hundred thousand pounds, you know, yeah. that can show you from A to Z, you know. And yeah. there are a lot of us out there. It's not just me. There are a lot of good-looking women in their 70s these days, you know, mm. you know quite a lot. And I just wish that more everyday women, because I consider myself an everyday woman, if you know what I mean, you know, more women like me, you know, got a chance to, because look, when you think about celebrities, they do look marvelous. Well, of course they look marvelous. I mean, they spent hundreds of thousands of dollars. Of course they look marvelous. We could all look marvelous if we, I mean, I'm not knocking them by the way. They're great actresses and great people, but you know, we can all look amazing if we've got $100,000, but can you look this amazing on unlimited funds? You know, and that's what I'd like to show the world, you know, so that more everyday women are leading the way for everyday women. Yeah. Instead of celebrities leading the way for everyday women. We can't compete. We don't have that money. You know, we don't have that lifestyle, you know. I mean, we're lucky, we're successful, but we live on a budget, you know, don't, don't we? You know, we, you know what I mean? So yeah. for the future. You know, oh, that wow. it probably happened when I'm 80, they'll suddenly realize I think that Stella Ralphini had good points when she used to talk. Use <laughs> <laughs> her as a role model. <laughs> you definitely are a role model. Yeah, and we hope everybody checks you out. Um, come yeah. to the website and also um, look up Rock and Roll Mayhem 1970 to read about your life um, with the Rolling Stones and. Um, Ozzy Osbourne and everybody and also you've got children's books self-development books and then there's ways and means for people to find you Stella it's been an absolute joy talking to you it's been wonderful yeah. being with you two today I wish you continued success with everything you're doing and I sincerely hope that we have another chance in the future for another chat Oh, Definitely, you, Stella. Stella. Thank you so much for your time. And Namaste. we'll speak to you again soon. Namaste. Bye. Namaste. Bye. 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 Have a great day.